Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Live from downtown San Francisco, this is 95.7 The Game. It's game day! Finally here for the first time in 20 days. The Niners playing a meaningful football game. It's back in Santa Clara inside of Levi's Stadium. And the historic Green Bay Packers are in town. This divisional round matchup between the San Francisco 49ers and the Green Bay Packers. A little more than five hours away. 5.15 kickoff. And we'll carry you all the way up until kickoff here on 95.7 The Game. My name is Mark Randy, joined by Jason Dumas. And then we'll hand it off at 3 o'clock to Larry Cruz. And Loneal down in Santa Clara. So if you are heading to Santa Clara right now, first of all, we've got you covered your entire entire trip down. Once you get there, stop by the Hilton Santa Clara and say what's up to Larry and Lo. They're on the air at three all the way until kickoff at 515. But Jason, it's a pleasure to be on with you on uh what is one of the best days in the entire year, yeah. divisional weekend in the NFL playoffs. This is first time, right? Yeah, first you and I. We, first time we, show together. Oh yeah. Let's go. Um, yeah, this this is one of the best sports weekends it of is. the year. The divisional round is up there with like the opening Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday of March Madness. Oh, man, that's yeah, that's an amazing day too. <laughs> I think that takes the cake. Over right? All yeah, yeah. Like, I, I used to take off work that Thursday oh, and that's, just that's, that's belly up and yeah. belly up. Uh, but this is a great day too because the wild card round is fun, but you've kind of weaned out some of the bad teams exactly, and you got serious contenders playing. Maybe hold the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, but I think everyone else has like a legitimate shot where if it happened, you could get there in your head like, okay, I see how their pathway to the Super Bowl happened. Now, obviously, there's some teams way more likely than others, but every team is very, very full of talent. And uh, it's fun to just sit back on the couch and watch or be there or get paid to talk about it yeah. like me and you are doing. It's even better. It's even better. So uh, the first game kicks off in about an hour and a half. Baltimore and, and the Texans will be on the air until 3, so we'll keep you updated on that score. But, of course, we got our eyes on Niners versus Packers. Kickoff is at 5.15. Uh, Niners are 10-point favorites, Jason. The over-under set at 51. We'll get into predictions before we're off the air at 3 o'clock. Uh, but Niners, big-time favorites, as they have earned. Uh, they're the number one seed in the NFC, they're twelve and five, really twelve and four in meaningful games. They rested a number of their starters uh, to close the regular season in that close loss uh, to the Rams. But you're going up against Jason, one of if not the hottest team in the NFL. I mean, this is a Green Bay team who struggled early, but they've been really good lately. Jordan Love looks like a different quarterback. The second half of the season, they just dominated the Dallas Cowboys last weekend, and for the last like. Seven days, Jason. The talk around the NFL has been about these Green Bay Packers potentially coming into Santa Clara and upsetting the Niners. Yeah, Jordan Love has had a great season. Sneaky good, too, because, you know, I I watched a lot of football this year, obviously, and 
maybe maybe this is just me, but when the season ended and then I was just kind of looking at people's stats, I didn't realize how good Jordan Love's stats were. It's really comparable to Brock Purdy. Yeah. Season as a whole. Exactly. 100%. I think it's more or less because I was watching the totality of the Green Bay product, so it kind of got lost to me how good Jordan Love was playing because especially early in midseason, they lost a lot of like games that they probably should have won. So and they were 2-5. and five Yeah, be. it got lost in translation that he was actually playing really good football. And I'm extremely confident in the 49ers. Here's the thing. You know how like you can you can make predictions and analyze and bet with your head and then you can bet with your heart. Yeah. So with my head, everything says 49ers. On paper, they're the better team. If you just look position by position, they win pretty much every single one. They are battle-tested. They have been there before. They're kind of due to break through again because the last couple of years with the loss to the Eagles, then the loss to the Rams the year before, the year before that was kind of a throwaway year with injuries. It feels like they're due to get back there. The only thing is when I look at the Packers and you start thinking of your like you start thinking like emotionally, you're like, okay, LaFleur is kind of due to beat Kyle Shanahan. Hasn't beat Shanahan in the postseason. It's always and it was kind of the same thing a couple years ago with the Rams. Remember, all you heard was mm. Shanahan Shanahan owns oh, my man. LaFleur has some regular season success against Shanahan. Yeah, that, but yeah, not in the postseason. Yeah, I guess not in the postseason. So it was the same McVeigh. It was kind of like, oh, you know, the Niners own the Rams, they own McVeigh. Shanahan's got his number, it. yeah. It's the same thing people are saying with Shanahan to LaFleur. And obviously, from an organizational standpoint, the Niners have beat the Packers four straight times in four straight playoff games. So, like, one side of you, just as a sports fan, is like, that streak's going to come to an end one way or another at some point. Like, you just hope it's not on this day. I do think the rain favors Green Bay mm. because not it's not so much like the 49ers can't ground and pound. I mean, obviously, they have the best running back in the league, so it's not that specifically. But I'm always a proponent of messy weather that mucks up a game always favors the lesser talented team because they can kind of just do more of a game plan where, like, Kyle Shanahan can draw up these intricate routes and formations and spreads and the cadences and the uh when they're you know lining up on this side and their one guy goes to a different side and you know everything they do but then when it's pouring raining some of that stuff you just want to go away from and play simple football and when you simplify the game and you kind of take away all that stuff that Kyle Shanahan is amazing scheming up I think that favors Green Bay. If you just, all right, you guys might just have to do a game, uh, a plain Jane game plan because it's raining and we have 20 mile per hour wins. So, all that being said, I'm still confident the Niners yeah. are going to win. I'm just trying to think of a pathway where, you know, we might have to think of the worst possible scenarios. So, I don't think the weather bodes well for the 49ers if we had to pick if that weather is going to affect anybody. I think it helps Green Bay the most. And Green Bay is due for a a win against the Niners at some point in the playoffs. I just hope it's not today. Yeah, I don't know how I feel about the weather because I get what you're saying like in, in terms of the fancy Shanahan play call and you fake out the defense and you, you get Debo wide open down the field or Ayuk or whatever the case is. Maybe that's a little more difficult to pull off. But I mean the Niners, they could just 
run the ball down your throat as, as good as anyone as well. And that's kind of what rain games turn into. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll take we'll keep an eye on on the radar and the forecast throughout the show here. Um, but I mean, the Niners are also good enough where. They can beat you in a number of different ways. They can beat you in a slugfest if it turns into that, and they can beat you in a high-flying shootout. Um, now, maybe Green Bay is is better versed to to, to handle a slugfest, but, I mean, the Natters, they could run with the best of them. They right. can just give it to McCaffrey, run up the middle, run behind Trent Williams on the left side, and they'll get six, seven yards of carry sometimes. That's what I think I meant to say. I, I think the Packers have a better chance at beating the Niners in a slugfest than as in opposed a, to a shootout. In, as opposed to a shootout. Because Aaron Jones is good. He's been great the last month. Yeah, he's been really, really good. Like I said, the slugfest takes away some of Kyle Shanahan's options, and that's part of what makes Kyle Shanahan so great. He can scheme up and put guys in motion and do this wizardry stuff where most coaches just aren't as equipped to do that. And they just have so many playmakers. So it's like when you can spread the ball out and you have Ayuk and Debo and Christian McCaffrey and, and Kittle and check and you can use them all, it, it's just it drives defenses nuts because oh, there's yeah. no one they can hone in on. If they know it's going to get – if the ball is going to be run 45 times, it's like, all right, at least we know where it's coming from. And it just gives them more of a chance. That's why I think the rain helps the Packers because it might make their game plan – a little easier. Uh, do you remember the last time these two teams met in the playoffs in Santa Clara? Two years ago, they obviously that met was in Green Raheem Bay. Raheem Mostert game, right? They The Niners only threw eight passes yeah, in that game. Yeah, that was the game. Mostert that, had 220 and four touchdowns on the ground. That was the game that gave Jimmy G haters the most. Exactly. The most, the most <laughs> ammo. They're like, this guy... Only threw eight passes. He literally was useless. And the Niners scored 37 points in that game. Yeah, I remember that And then that the Super game. Bowl happened, and he missed Emmanuel Sanders down the field, and the rest is history. But, right, right. I mean, even in the, I mean, I know these are two entirely different teams now, but even in that game where the Niners only threw eight passes, they still put up 37 points. And now you got Christian McCaffrey to hand the ball off to. Yeah, and and... Christian McCaffrey, in my opinion, I've said it on the air right here before, and I got a little flack for it, surprisingly. I don't know why, but I think he's the Niners' best player this year, at least. I do. I think he's done the most for them. You can argue Trent Williams, and I I get that logic and I get that argument, but I'm sorry. I think... I think it's Christian McCaffrey this year. He's their most important player. He unlocks just this aspect of their offense that is no one else can unlock, and he helps free up so many people. I think when they acquired Christian McCaffrey, they went from a good to slightly really good team to a great team, and I think he's been the difference. So uh, trust me. If they give him the ball 35 times, I don't think that's a bad thing. I just think that I think it make it might make things a little easier for Green Bay because of all the other things that the 49ers can do on offense when it's clear skies and Brock can drop back and just dart that ball through through the middle of the field. Yeah, I don't know what it's going to be like for... I mean, I, I can imagine. Um, I'm sure it's not fun trying to game plan against this Niner offense oh, because you, you can try to take away someone, limit 
an aspect of this offense, but then guess what? You try to stop McCaffrey, Debo's going to have you know eight catches for 120 yards. You're going to get beat down the field by Ayuk. Try to take away the passing game over the middle, deep down the field. Guess what? McCaffrey's going to gash you for 200 total yards and a couple of touchdowns. So you, you have to give San Francisco something. They're too talented and they're too good of an offense to limit them entirely. So I'm curious... And I'll be keeping an eye. I, I think maybe the most interesting side of the ball in this game is the Packers defensively because they're not a very good defense. They've been better during their hot streak when they've won eight of their last 11 games. They're 8-3 and three since a 2-5 and five start, including last week's dominant win over the Cowboys. How do they try to scheme this game up defensively? That's what I'll be keeping my eyes on. And, and we'll get more into, into what Green Bay can try to do to limit this Niners offense. But we're just getting going here. And we want to hear from you guys on 95.7 The Game as we get ready for Niners and Packers. It's Grandy and Dumas with you. Give us a call, 888-957-9570. That's also the Comcast Business text line. I'm just keeping an eye on a couple of the texts there. I see the 510, the 415 as well, the 408. Also, I'm keeping an eye, uh, Jason and I both keeping an eye on the YouTube chat powered by First NorCal Credit Union. Uh, you can send us a note, youtube.com slash 957thegame. Uh, but Jason... you we talked about how this day, this weekend, is one of the better weekends for sports fans. This matchup specifically is one of the better matchups in NFL history. I mean, Niners, Packers, the pageantry yeah, of these historic. two franchises. This will be the 10th postseason matchup between these two teams. It'll break a tie for the most uh, the most popular postseason matchup in NFL history. In addition to that, these are two of the teams that have the most success in the postseason in NFL history over the last couple of decades. They're two of the most successful franchises in the NFL in terms of wins and winning percentage. They oftentimes put up a bunch of points in the playoffs. Before we get into to the keys and the X's and O's and break down what we expect to happen, I'm just fired up to get Niners and Packers once again because this is one of those historic NFL matchups, and it just feels like every time you get this, something incredible is going to happen. Yeah, absolutely. They're two of the most iconic franchises in the NFL. You know, they got star power. They have the two... I, I don't even know if we can consider Kyle Shanahan a young coach anymore. He's been around a block. Seventh year. Yeah, but it's like... That whole LaFleur, Shanahan, and McVay, that trio, I feel like those were like the hot shot coaches all kind of coming in in similar times and having a similar trajectory. Uh, McVay's the only one with a ring at this point, so he, you probably have to put him at the top. But LaFleur is obviously very highly regarded around coaching circles. Uh, what he's been able to do with this team after losing Aaron Rodgers, and they had that really brutal start to the season and uh but then they have some really good wins towards the end of the season a couple clunkers they lost to the giants and they lost to the bucks i guess bucks are the playoff team they but lost to uh, devito yeah right lost to tommy devito but then you know they have wins at detroit they have wins against patrick mahomes and the chiefs so they have some great wins too so this is a team that is capable of beating anyone and you know outside of the cowboys Cowboys Eagles. I think this is the matchup that it's probably the one that would be most popular. Obviously, the Eagles game would have been crazy just because of the history of the two teams. But then the Eagles kind of tailored off, and if they had to somehow beat Tampa Bay last week, I think they come out here and probably lose by twenty-eight points. And then obviously the Cowboys. It speaks for themselves when the Cowboys come eyes 
come to and they're quote unquote America's team. But outside of that, this is the matchup. And I know you said, you know, there are two different teams the last time they played, and that's very true. But you're always going to get just that classic nostalgic feeling when you see a playoff game and you see that green and yellow and then the, the gold and red with San Francisco. And, you know, it was going, I thought it was amazing when I saw those red end zones. Like, oh my God. That, that was so sick. beautiful. I'm kind of annoyed it's going to rain. Like, I want to watch like a clean football game. I know. I get some people love weather and playing football in the elements. I'm not really a proponent of that. Like, I want to see these guys being able to play on a field where they're not slipping around, where there's not a slick ball, where winds aren't affecting a game plan. Like, just let them play. Like, I, I played football, I, I would much rather play. In a nice October day where it's a little it's a little cool and you don't have to worry about the weather. Like after Thanksgiving, playing football outdoors sucked. It is awful. <laughs> it's always it's always the best, and sometimes this is true for the the uh, NFL playoffs as well. Not the case today because it is raining here in the Bay Area. But like uh, whenever the Rose Bowl would happen, right, and you get a team from the Midwest coming from the Big Ten, like say Michigan or Michigan State or Ohio State, and it's freezing, it's cold, it's snowy. You come out and everyone's watching the game from the Midwest, and they pan over to the Rose Bowl, and it's bright and sunny and 65 degrees. Not going to be the case here today because it is raining, but it is always fun. Like in Buffalo or in Baltimore today, it's freezing, it's cold. There isn't snow in Baltimore, but everyone's bundled up. And then oftentimes you come out to the West Coast and everyone's in shirts and, 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 and t-shirts uh, or shorts, but not the case today uh, because it is raining. But it's always fun, the dichotomy of a postseason football. Could you imagine the guys who played for the Dolphins last week when they had to go oh into Arrowhead? God. Did you see that tweet from Tyreek Hill? He was getting jammed by a cornerback. It was a piece of video. He was getting jammed by a quarterback, and like I guess the caption was like kind of making fun of Tyreek Hill. Uh -huh. Like, man, Tyreek Hill couldn't even get off the line. He quote retweeted. He was like, "Man, I was cold." <laughs> it was hilarious. Understatement of the year. It was true. I mean, imagine coming from Miami, where it's oh, like seventy-five degrees, and it was I think it was like negative degrees with the wind chill in in Kansas City, Missouri. So, you know. Weather is a part of an outdoor sport. Obviously, we don't have to spend much time on this, but you know, if it's a torrential downpour at kickoff, I will be a little irked. I would love to see poetry in motion. That is Kyle Shanahan's offense, but you know, you champions adapt with the elements. They adapt with their personnel, and you know, this like everything the 49ers wanted is right in front of them. They wanted to beat the Eagles. That was a huge goal of theirs in that regular season matchup because they had a sour taste in their mouth with how last year ended. They felt like they didn't have a fair fight. That's a whole different argument if you want to argue against that. It is what it is. But they come in and they beat the Eagles. They wanted home field. They they specifically said, we want everything coming through Levi Stadium to the Super Bowl. They got it. Now all they have to do is execute. They have a pretty favorable matchup, in my opinion. And even if they win this game, I don't think super highly of the Lions or the Bucks. I don't think highly at all of the Bucks. Lions, great story, cute story. I don't think I don't think Not they a fan stack. of Jared Goff, huh? And Jared Goff, Jared Goff, he's fine. You know, everybody's <laughs> like People are prisoners of the moment. Everybody's like, oh, that was the most even trade ever between Goff and Stafford. 
I don't think so. They won a Super Bowl. Oh, yeah. The Lions have to win a Super Bowl for you to consider it being even. Like, that's why we played a game. Stafford led them to a Super Bowl and won it and played really well. In, in his first year. In his first year. So, no, that's not an even trade. And that has nothing to do with Goff. I don't think, like, negatively of him. I think he's like a... Probably a mid to upper tier quarterback. Um, he's he's having a hell of a stretch. Um, he's had a good season. He's play, He's had a good career. I mean, he's played in the Super Bowl. I mean, pride and joy of Marine Catholic. Yeah. So you give him his credit. I root for the guy just because of the local ties. I like seeing local athletes do well. I text a lot with his head coach over at Marine Catholic all the time. We always talk about him. Uh, if, if that's the matchup next week, I am sure we will have him on our air over at Channel 4. But I don't think they stack up with the 49ers. I think... Niners' hardest matchup will be in the Super Bowl, whoever that is. I think the Ravens are really good. I think the Chiefs are really good, despite kind of their fluky year and a lot of their losses. If if you get Patrick Mahomes to a Super Bowl, you better be worried. And then uh, Josh Allen, too. I mean, these guys are really good. So I think the pathway for the 49ers in the NFC is as open as it's been in the last couple of years, you know, for yep. some of these teams. And they don't have excuses, you know? They, they they have everything they wanted and planned for is right there in front of them, and they earned it. I'm not saying, like, oh, they lucked up into this path. They earned everything they have. They have to execute it now. Yeah, I mean, this is the best chance for the 49ers to finally get the job done for the first time uh, since, what, 1994 when they yep. won their last Super Bowl? Mm-hmm. They've been on the quest for six uh, for a really long time now. Uh-huh. 30 years. 30 years. Uh and they, they haven't been able to get it done just yet, but the only thing standing between the 49ers and another trip to the Super Bowl, you have today the Green Bay Packers and then either the Lions or the Bucks. You don't have to face the Eagles. You don't have to face the Cowboys. You don't got to face the Rams. Uh, it is setting up well for the 49ers. All right, let's head out to the phone lines for the first time here. Give us a call, 888-957-9570. Up first is Mitch in New Jersey. Mitch, what's up? You're on uh, with Grandy and Dumas. What do you think about this Niner game today, Mitch? <laughs> Mitch, you there? My, my mistake. I'm sorry. My my grandson's giving me the works. You're good, Mitch. What's up? Yeah. Um. I think the Forty Nine is gonna. I don't think he's gonna have a big chance of an upset. I'd be I'd be really upset if they lost. They got the most complete team. Um. I'm looking forward to seeing the Lions and Forty Nine. That would be very interesting. Uh, a, a former top pick of the draft against the last pick in the draft. I'm looking forward to golf against Purdy. Yeah, I mean, we'll see if that that happens. We're getting a little ahead of ourselves there, Mitch. Uh, Goff and the Lions have to win. The Niners have to win today. Interestingly enough, if the Bucks also win, I mean, Baker Mayfield was the number one overall pick. So if the Niners win, no matter who the matchup is against in the NFC title game, it will be first overall pick at quarterback versus last overall pick at quarterback. But we can get into that next week if that does happen. Um Obviously, the 49ers do have a challenge in front of them. Uh, Green Bay has been really good lately. Of course, they're coming off of that dominant win over the Cowboys. They're 8-3 and three in their last 11 games. And just take a look at what Jordan Love has done uh, during his last nine games, which includes the win over Dallas. He's thrown for over 2,400 yards with a completion percentage of over 70%. 21 touchdowns to one interception. Jason, the only quarterbacks that have those numbers or better over a nine-game span, 
Drew Brees in 2018, and Matt Ryan spanning the 2016 and 2017 seasons. Jordan Love is in elite company, and it's his first year as a starter, and he's never played better than he is right now. How lucky are the Packers to go from oh Brett God. Favre to Aaron Rodgers to presumably Jordan Love? He's probably, you know, look, I, I, I've seen I've seen enough to say he's going to be at the very least a good quarterback. Uh, it takes a couple years for me to put a quarterback into the really good category because we, we see a lot quarterbacks having a good year and then coming back down to earth. I guess the latest example in my eyes, at least is Jalen hurts last year. I think at the end of last season, after that super bowl, most people would have called Jalen hurts, probably a top five quarterback. I think that's fair to say. Yeah. Now you reevaluate it a year later and you're like, eh, I'm not so sure. You know, he gave, he gave NFL defense a year of tape and NFL defenses adjusted a little bit. Granted, he had different coordinators and everything, and apparently there's a lot of stuff going on over there in Philly. But he didn't adjust to the league's adjustments. And now we'll see what he does next year. But Jordan Love, if he plays similarly next year, then I'll be comfortable saying, you know, he is an elite quarterback. I'm talking top, top six, you know. But he's done enough this year where you're like, he's good. The kid can play, uh, obvious. And he, it's not like he has an embarrassment of riches around him. He's just got youth everywhere. Yeah. It's so, crazy. You know, I mean, it, it it doesn't hurt that he's been sitting around since 2020, you know, kind of just studying. Obviously, all that does is help. And I'm a huge proponent of letting guys sit for a little, even when the 49ers had Trey Lance. Um I was cool with him not starting right away. Like, I guess that's just what I was used to when I grew up rooting for the Eagles. Donovan McNabb didn't start for like a full year. Like, I don't think there's anything. Doug Peterson was his hmm. starting quarterback, huh. who, who's now the coach of the Jacksonville Jaguars. And he turned out fine. Aaron Rodgers, Patrick Mahomes. Like, I know now, especially more recently, is like you, you get this top pick and everybody is just starved. Get him in there. Get him in there. Get him in there. Like, I don't think that that's absolutely necessary. I'm completely fine with letting somebody sit on his, their butt for a year, maybe even two, just to learn the ropes. It clearly helped Jordan Love, and he came in really prepared. And, uh, you know, there's probably some quarterbacks who have got thrown into action, and that has been that has done irreversible damage to them in their confidence. We we look back at the, the first car brother. Uh, everybody says that about him. The guy was sacked like an NFL record, like 60, 70 times his rookie year never really recovered. So that's an argument for a different day. But my long winded point is this Jordan love guy is really good. He came in prepared and he looks like he has staying power. Yeah. Let's talk a little bit more about love and the offense full of youngsters at receiver and tight end. We'll get into that on the other side. We're less than five hours away from kickoff Niners and Packers at 515 Grandy and Dumas with you until three then the kickoff show with Larry and Lowe that's all on the way next on call from mom answer it call silenced Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game that's why they make ordering from your couch easy stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game you have 47 new voicemails download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last minimum ten dollars per order additional terms apply 
I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 5-7 the game. Seven, the game. Welcome back. Less than five hours from kickoff at Levi's Stadium. Niners and the Packers in the divisional round. The Niners 10-point favorites. Welcome back to 95-7 the game. Mark Randy and Jason Dumas with you on the uh, the pre-pregame show. We're getting you ready for the pregame show with Larry and Lowe from the Hilton Santa Clara. That begins at 3. It'll be myself along with Jason up until that point. I know we've got uh, a friend, a colleague coming on the show at 1, Kate Rooney, who works with you at Cron. She going to be down to the game today? Yeah, yeah, she will be at Levi's. Kate, she hosts the Red and Gold Zone, our weekly 49ers show on Cron 4. Uh, she had a couple great scoops this year, a couple great feature stories that she'll talk to us about. She actually had the story of, I think, Christian, Kristen Juszczyk oh, and yeah, Kyle. Yeah. Yeah. She, she did that story before the week before. She's blowing Taylor, up. Yes. Man. I'm glad she got that story in because now Kristen is like, untouchable nobody can get a hold of her because you know the <laughs> I, national I, show's been trying to do that i story. think we tried to reach out to her this week early in the week yeah no and, she uh, was we on, got word back she's doing no media now yeah see so <laughs> kate kate got got her before that and it's a really funny story how that how that uh piece all came together she can tell us a little about it but she's also just been at every home game this year and a couple of road games so she has a good eye for this niners team so i'm excited to get kate on yeah, should be a ton of fun. That's coming up at 1. Kate Rooney uh, with Kron. She'll be down at Levi's for the game today. Uh, Niners and Packers, of course. The Niners, the NFC 1 seed. The Packers, the 7 seed. Niners 12-5. and five, Packers 9-8. and eight. But as we were talking about earlier, Jason, you got to look past the Packers' record because they've been really good of late. They're 8-3 and three in their last 11, including a dominant win over the Cowboys last weekend in the wild card round. And as we focus here on the, the Packers' offense, led by the young quarterback Jordan Love who's been really good this year 32 touchdowns 11 interceptions uh, but over his last nine games 22 touchdowns and one interception and he's throwing to a group of wide receivers that are incredibly inexperienced his most experienced receivers uh, are Romeo Dobbs and Christian Watson who are on the young side. I mean, Robio Dobbs is in his second year. Christian Watson has missed a lot of this season. And then you've got Jaden Reed. You've got Dontavian Wicks. You've got the two tight ends, Luke Musgrave uh, and Tucker Kraft. They are all rookies. All of them are rookies. And the Packers have actually set some records this season uh, in terms of like number of rookies with touchdown catches and the most catches by rookies and the most receiving yards by rookies in franchise history. They're young. And, and since the AFL-NFL merger, it's kind of crazy what that offense has been doing specifically the last two months because really up until that point, they've been doing what 
it with relative no-names, not because they've been bad players, but because they're so young and no one knows who they are. This is their introduction to the NFL, but they've got a number of guys you got to worry about, Jason. They don't have that one superstar. They don't have, you know, Debo Samuel that you know the ball is going to go to. If you're the Eagles, you don't have A.J. Brown. Like, you don't have those guys, but you've got like four, five, six guys, if you're the Niners defense, that you have to worry about, and that could be challenging. Yeah, and I think most importantly, they're well coached. They they play within themselves. You don't have guys trying to do too much. You don't have LaFleur putting too much on somebody's plate. You don't have LaFleur, you know, with this imbalanced game plan where Jordan Love is throwing 60 times per game and he's putting him in harm's way to either get hit or make mistakes. You got a running back who has been playing amazing over the last month. So I think their best quality this season especially down the stretch is coaching and and they got out to such a bad start you can't even really you, you can't you cannot judge them by their current record they started what 2 and 5 2 and 5 2 and 5 to start the season but after those 7 games they have been one of the best teams in football 8 and 3 one of those best teams in football judge them more on that 8 and 3 record and that's a little closer to who they are there are a team a couple of those losses early were fluky and and they lost close games and you know like you said it was a a young quarterback who's getting his first starts under his belt. He's kind of caught a rhythm, and now he is playing as good as football than anyone in, in the NFL. So it's a team that is dangerous. It's a team that, you know, you see this in football. Sometimes the team that gets hot can win even though they're playing a team whose season through the totality of it was better. I think we see that mostly in baseball, but it happens a lot in football too. This team is playing really great and you know, they shouldn't be taken lightly, but I go back to what the Niners do. We got to talk about San Francisco. They are the home team for a reason. They had more all pros than any other team in the NFL for a reason, more pro bowlers than any other NFL team for a reason. They are really, really good. They are nine and a half point favorites. I think it might be up to 10 this morning. They're 10 yeah. point favorites all for a reason. I think they are the odds on betting favorite to win the Super Bowl. They are. Even after losing to Baltimore. So by no means me talking up the Packers is me saying that they're going to win this game. They should not win this game. They're not a better football team than the 49ers. I know we can be prisoners of the moment. We just saw the Packers go into Arlington, Texas, and just beat the crap out of the Dallas Cowboys, which is a win for everybody in America. <laughs> when, uh, when the Cowboys lose, America wins. And I know we were all laughing at the Cowboys' expense. But look... The 49ers, they are talented at every single position. If you had to split feathers, I guess you could say the back end of that secondary can be a concern. Their their running defense sometimes can be a concern, especially against that zone read run, and the Packers do that zone read run, and Aaron Jones has been playing well as of late. But, you know, it's going to be full of 49ers fans. I saw some of the numbers that even though Packers fans travel well, it's still they're forecasting it to be like 98% yep. 49ers fan, which you don't, that's not always guaranteed. Like you see some home stadiums and you'll see specifically when it's like the Niners traveling, 
when it's like a team like the Dallas Cowboys traveling, uh, Chiefs have a great fan base that travels, maybe the Philadelphia Eagles, but the, for the Niners to shut out the Packers, another great traveling fan base, that's impressive. That is impressive. That just goes to show you how starved this fan base is for that sixth world championship. And it is right there at their fingertips. Like, I don't I don't know if they'll ever be closer than this, at, at least with this type of group. You know, if there was ever a year to get it done, this is the year. Exactly, that's exactly what like, I'm trying to say. Things like, are falling their way for the, for the moment. A lot of stuff can change, but for the moment, I mean, they're they're healthy now. You got the one seed. The teams that you figured were going to be your biggest rivals, your biggest challenge, they're already out. You could include the Rams in that. Matthew Stafford is one of the best quarterbacks in the league still, despite his advanced age. Everything is kind of breaking their way. Now they just got to go out and put their money where their mouth is and, and win their first playoff game. And they've gotten some bulletin board material. Yeah. You would think people are a little smarter than that nowadays, like especially with just the 24-hour media cycle that we have to live through now, which actually can be exhausting and annoying. But you had that one, what was the linebacker on Green Bay who said, you know, you you hit Brock, he's uh, going to... Devontae have, Wyatt, the yeah, defensive end. Yeah. yeah, the DN. You hit Brock, he's going to throw interception when actually the stats say he's like the best quarterback in football under pressure. Yeah. So I don't even know where that logic came from. And then you have uh, the woman, the former executive for the Raiders. Oh, Amy Trask. A- Amy Trask. I got a little flack from my producer over at Cron, Pete Lupetti, when I said I didn't know who she was. And it wasn't an insult to her. I was like, I have no idea who this is. And they're like, he was like, oh, you should know. She was a uh, an executive. One of the f- she was a pioneer uh, for women in 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 football. And I, I looked I looked her up. She she became an executive with Raiders in like 1996. I'm a seven year old in Philadelphia. <laughs> I wasn't really following football that closely at that juncture. So, no, I didn't really know what she is. And, you know, objectively, what she said was stupid. I think everybody can kind of agree with that. We're all we're all we are all have a right to express our opinion. But some opinions aren't really based in logic or fact. You want to hear it again? I have it. Yeah, let's so hear it. This is Amy let's Trask. Hear the stupidity. She was on uh, her, her show, What the Football, with Susie Schuster. Uh, it's under the Rich Eisen umbrella. Here's what she said earlier this week about the eight quarterbacks we've got left in the playoffs. Four games this week. That means we have eight quarterbacks. Did that math all by myself. Four court games, eight quarterbacks, seven terrific quarterbacks, and Brock Purdy. Now, Brock Purdy is a good quarterback. Make no mistake about it. Everybody, be calm, 49er fans. I'm not suggesting Brock's not a good quarterback. He is. I simply don't put him in the same category as the other quarterbacks. So I'll say it again. Eight quarterbacks, seven terrific quarterbacks, and Brock Purdy. What don't you like about him? It's not that I don't like him. It's not that I dislike him. He does things very well. He is surrounded by a tremendous, tremendous supporting cast, both on offense and defense. He is a good quarterback. I don't put him in the category of the other seven. There's Amy Trask. Seven terrific quarterbacks in Brock Purdy. Brock is not in that same category as the other seven. So you're telling me Brock Purdy isn't as good as Baker Mayfield. Brock Purdy isn't as good as Jared Goff. Brock Purdy, maybe you can make a case for Jordan Love. 
There is no doubt in my mind, Jason, Brock Purdy is not the worst quarterback left in the NFL playoffs. That is absurd. Yeah, like like I said, you know, everybody has a right to their opinion, but some opinions are stupid. That was a very stupid comment. It it just was, and that's not me trying to insult. And, you know, I know we, you know, people are kind of walking on eggshells because I don't want to sound too critical or opinionated of her, but it was just dumb. There's no other way to say it. I mean, Baker Mayfield. Brock Purdy is not as good as Baker Mayfield. Have you watched football the last two years? <laughs> he's had a he's had a fine year. He's, yeah, he's had a good he's year. Okay, but you remember what the, he was brought in to compete with what Kyle Trask yeah. this offseason. Baker, look, <laughs> look, Baker. He, I actually like Baker. I love his bravado. He, you know, he. I love him after the games at the podium. I think he has a great temperament. I like his confidence. But he is an average quarterback. He's not even one of those guys who's guaranteed to be a starter in two years. I would not be surprised if he lost his job because he went through another rough stretch. And the Bucks aren't good. They're a product of a terrible division. And they're a product of beating an Eagles team that literally quit a month ago and probably already had vacations booked before that playoff game <laughs> even started. So, look, you know what? You know, we could probably do without like 80% of the podcasts that are out there right now. And if that's the content coming from Amy's podcast, probably could do without that one, too. Because if you're going to have takes, at least have some evidence to back them up. Now, I didn't agree with what Cam Newton said a couple weeks ago mm. about game managers and this and that. I didn't agree with it. I, you know, but then, and Cam Newton caught a lot of flack. And then he came back the very next week and explained it. And it made a little more sense. I still didn't agree with it, per se. Like, I don't know. I think Brock is better than just a game manager label. Now, I know what he was trying to say. Like, you know, you just have him a game plan for him, and this is what he has to do, and he manages it. That so that's kind of that was the basis of his opinion that he had formulated. But I, I could get that. I just don't necessarily agree. I think Brock is past that. What he's done for the last two years, uh, I don't know how you can explain in any context that Brock Purdy is not better than Baker Mayfield. Yeah. I just I I can't get there. At all. I'm with you. I think part of, of what's happening, and we, we talked about some of the, the wild takes that have been out there, I think it's it's obviously Brock Purdy specific, but it's also a little more general about the Niners as a team. Niners versus Packers, and oh, the Niners are 10-point favorites, but Packers are going to come in and they're going to upset this Niners team. I think all of this is kind of coming from um, the fact that the Niners haven't played a meaningful game in a long time, and it's kind of like what have you done for me lately, right? And what have the Packers done for people lately? They just went into Jerry World and upset America's team, dominated America's team in front of the entire world to see while the Niners were sitting at home on their couch, twiddling their thumbs, waiting for wildcard weekend to play out. The week before that, the end of the regular season, the Packers and Jordan Love, they had to win to go to the playoffs. They did. Brock Purdy sat out. The Niners did not care about Week 18 against the Rams. Niners lost that game. Who cares? Week before that, the Niners play a meaningful game, but it's against the Commanders in D.C. It wasn't a problem. Primetime game. It was Only, like it was like what, like one o'clock on New Year's game. on New Year's Day or New Year's Eve. Eve. New Year's Eve. 
about 20 people watching. The only game. people watching were people that had McCaffrey in their fantasy championship. Exactly. And then McCaffrey got hurt, and everyone leaves because you're upset, and you don't watch how that game ends. Purdy played well, Niners win. The last time that people remember watching this Niners team, Jason, was Christmas Day when That's they got the blown Ravens. out by the Ravens. That's the last image that people have in their minds about the 49ers. Oh, Lamar Jackson and the Ravens dominated you. That's how I'm remembering the Niners. That's what's in my mind. Meanwhile, the Packers, they had to win like their last three games to go to the playoffs. Then they upset the Cowboys in Jerry World. We have... We're dealing with an, an incredibly prominent issue of recency bias right now. People are forgetting how good the Niners are, the best team in the NFL for nearly the entire regular season. Brock Purdy was the MVP frontrunner on Christmas Day, and he had to throw four interceptions to lose that title. Now it's going to go to Lamar Jackson, and he certainly deserves it. But because of how the regular season ended, the Niners taking care of business early and the Packers needing to play in in the wild card round and dominating the Cowboys, we're kind of forgetting how good this Niners team is, and I think they're going to come back out and remind everyone who they are today. It's also the fact that they play on the West Coast and a lot of the media attention and the media cycle is based on Eastern Standard Time. And that's that's coming from someone who grew up on the East Coast and didn't watch a lot of the West Coast stuff growing up just because of the time constraints, especially with like the NBA and stuff. But like, you know, back on the East Coast, when the Niners play that late game, most people, they've moved on with their day and they're doing some other stuff now. People are a little more locked in now because of fantasy ramifications and everybody plays fantasy football. I feel like I'm the only one who doesn't play fantasy (laughs) football. But, you know, they've kind of, they're this hidden West Coast team. But they are the most talented team in the league. No, now, like up until maybe like week 11, it was the Niners kind of and the Eagles. Just people were talking about those two teams. But then, you know, by the end of the season, it was pretty clear who the best team in the NFC, at least. I'm not going to say all of football because you can't really fairly say that after the Ravens beat them. But in the NFC, it was bar none. The San Francisco 49ers. It wasn't even close. And it's funny. You talk about that Washington Commanders game. I watched the first half of that game, but then I left because I went to the Stanford-Arizona basketball game. (laughs) I was like, it was just one of those days where no one was really paying attention to football. It was like the last week of the season. A lot of stuff had already, once the Eagles lost to the Cardinals, it made that Niners game. Commander's game, like, almost meaningless, too. I mean, the Niners had to win, but it was never really in doubt. Like, the, the Commanders stink. We knew they weren't yeah. going to beat the yeah. Niners, even when they made it a little interesting. It, they did drive down the field a couple times on the Niners, which was kind of like, okay, like, you guys cannot stop a Sam Howell-led offense. But you were never worried that it was going to be a loss. It was, like, yeah. annoying. It was like... I know they're going to win, but I would like to see them get some stops yeah. for my confidence. Exactly. Um, but it was never in doubt. You're, you're you're so right. People are kind of forgetting how talented. Like, if you look at the numbers the Niners put up on offense, and I know not everybody is into advanced stats and metrics. Some people just like surface-level stuff, and I don't blame them for it. It can be exhausting getting into DVOA and all that stuff. But if you look at that, they are one of the best statistic teams from a statistic from a statistic standpoint. <laughs> Sorry, that was a tongue twister. You got it. In the last 25 years. 
They are one of the best teams by the numbers in the last 25 years. Now, of course, none of that matters unless they win a Super Bowl. You know who was like the best team in the last 25 years from from the numbers? That New England Patriots team mm-hmm. with Tom Brady and Randy Moss, and no one really talks about them anymore because they didn't win the Super Bowl. You know, another really, really good team by the numbers that didn't win it all. Everybody in the Bay Area knows them uh, well. Don't bring them up. Kevin Durant, or, or <laughs> not Kevin Durant, he wasn't there yet. Steph Curry and the Warriors, 73 wins. So I'm not saying because of those numbers, the 49ers are guaranteed to win, but. I am just giving you some facts. When you look at some of those deep statistics, the Niners stack up there with some of the best offensive at offenses, at least over the last 25 years, which yeah. is it, it's kind of crazy. And like in Niners franchise history as well. And the Niners franchise has incredible offense. Five Super Bowls. <laughs> they have five <laughs> Two Super Bowls. Two of the Bowls. best quarterbacks to ever play. The best, you argue, the best football player to ever play in Jerry Rice. At least the best wide receiver to ever play the game, and I know the game has evolved. It's much different now, um, but the fact that this Niner offense, like in terms of points scored, yards per game, total yards, touchdowns, like they are at or above every other team in Niners franchise history, and this is uh, the one of the most historic franchises in the NFL. All right, let's try to get to a couple of calls here before we hit a quick break. Kate Rooney of Cron is coming up on the other side, but first, let's go to Dave in Pleasanton. What's up, Dave? Uh, you're on with uh, Grandy and Dumas. How are you feeling about this Niner game today, Dave? I'm feeling like there is... You can't find a reason on paper that the Niners are going to lose today. The only thing you might find on paper is sometimes teams lose because they're rusty, because they have the week off. But I want to I want to touch on two things you just talked about. The Cam thing and the, the lady reporter thing. So, first off, anybody making comments like that is obviously not watching him play. They're not seeing him point Ayuk to the corner of the end zone to get open. They're not watching him scramble. They're not watching him pump fake. They're not watching him make these playmaking plays to act like he's more not more than a game man. That's all that's all I got. There is zero reason we shouldn't win today. Zero reason. I don't care if a quarterback's hot. <laughs> now you gotta use Aaron Jones against Eric Armstead. Yeah, appreciate it's not, it. It's, it's not going to work. Our run defense is back. You guys have a great day. Thanks, Dave. You too. Armstead being back is huge. Huge. Niners' run huge. defense has been bad the last month. And he, he, he's kind of the key to that. Yeah, he's their best run stopper. He He's having one of his best years, and he's had a really good career, so that's saying something. So it is good that he is healthy and he is back. He had a nice little pump-up video on his Instagram uh, announcing that he's back. He was holding like some, like, like steel key link chain, you know, <laughs> whatever. But, uh, no, he, he's absolutely right. And, um, yeah, you know, it's, it's, it's all there for, for San Francisco. I don't, I hate to be like a broken record player, but we've been covering this team all year. So we've seen it. You know, I know nationally, some people underrate San Francisco. Some people probably aren't aware of just how good they have been based on the numbers. Uh, but I think today is going to be the first day that people realize. Like, I think they're going to beat the crap out of the forty out of the Packers. The and, conversation is going to switch today. Yeah, like, oh wow, like, they're really good. Okay, they're going to win the Super Bowl. Yeah, All exactly. Right. It's going to be one of those conversations. Like, I think they're going to blow out Green Bay, and it's not going to be because Green Bay like 
the lights were too bright. It's going to be they're just not as talented. Yeah, yeah we'll see. Uh, that's coming up. 5.15 kickoff. Let's sneak in one more caller before we hit a break. Kate Rooney of Cron is on the other side, but first it's JP NSF. What's up, JP? You're on with Grandy and Dumas. What do you think of this Niner game today, JP? Uh, it's going to be a good game. It's very going to be a very good game. Why do you so think? My take is on, on uh, well, I think they should win. They should win that game. Uh, handedly, but we'll see. Why, why do you Anyways, think it's... My take is, oh, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off. Why do you think it's going to be a close game? No, it's a, it could be a close game because the Packers can can give them that, that kind of a, a, a close game. I mean, they surprised the Cowboys, but I don't think they're going to surprise the 49ers. Yeah. yeah, I'm with you. What else you got, JP? Okay, no, well, I have a take on uh, Amy Trask. All right, go ahead. Make it quick. We got 30 uh, seconds for you, JP. Okay, okay, uh... Her take was because she's she's uh, loyal to Al Davis, and I'm sure Al Davis didn't like the 49ers, even though he had a lot to do with the making of the 49ers. You know that, right? Yeah, sure, JP. <laughs> I, I appreciate the call. Uh, Amy. Tra- I, I'm not going to take a, a personal shot at Amy Trask. I disagree with her opinion on that one by a mile, um, but as, as uh, Jason laid out earlier, a trailblazer in, in this this industry uh and just she was wrong simply put <laughs> yeah we can disagree with the comment but i don't think it has anything to do with loyalty to the raiders or loyalty to al davis she just doesn't think brock purdy is as good as we all think as baker and I, mayfield and i think brock purdy is going to prove her wrong today that's what niner fans should be looking forward to all right time for a quick break one hour down two more hours to go before we get you to larry and low for the kickoff show live from santa clara kate rooney of cron is coming up on the other side as grandy and dumas continue niners packers game day more next on 95 the game you could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.